1: Welcome to Allocation Disorder, I am Sam Stasekul, he is Paul Tenorio, MLS is back, we are back, and this week, Paul, we are sponsored by, drumroll please, Wonderball. You remember those? <laughs> yeah, I remember, this. I remember <laughs> the
2: remember song. You remember the jingle? I remember the song. Sing it. Do no, it. I'm not singing on this show,
1: but I Do remember the Do you wonder, jingle. wonder, 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 what's in Wonderball? yeah <laughs> You're such an idiot. Shout out to somebody, I think, in my live Q&A that I did on The Athletic this week who suggested that. Um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, any help is always uh, always appreciated. S- thinking of fake, weird 90s food or drink sponsors is kind of a struggle when you get past the first three or four from me. So any assistance, greatly appreciated. Paul, I said it already. MLS is back. The season is starting today, if you're listening to this when it comes out, on Friday, April 16th two games. You have Houston and San Jose and Seattle and Minnesota followed by a full weekend of action on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's been a long off season, the longest off season, In fact, in nearly 15 years, thanks to COVID and CBA and yada, 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 all that stuff that we've already talked about a million times on the show. Now we finally have games back and that is exciting. And what does that mean? That means we have to make some picks, Paul, a couple of quick housekeeping, keeping notes before we get there. Roster Rules came out earlier this week. Woo-woo! It's a holiday at Allocation Disorder. Yeah, geez. Just like a lot of like legalese-esque reading. We were joking around. We both should have been lawyers. That was our calling in life that we missed. But instead, we talk about soccer for probably a lot less money than we would have made as lawyers. Anyway, um, Roster Rules came out. We are going to devote next week's episode or a portion of next week's episode to that. Previous stuff is just going to take too long, so we're going to focus on that. The other thing, regular season hasn't started yet. CONCACAF Champions League has, and MLS teams are doing incredibly well. Uh, I don't think Columbus has quite put the finishing touches on their second leg just yet, but all five MLS teams are going to advance to the quarterfinals. Uh, pretty remarkable. That's, I think that's the best the, the league has ever done. I'm comfortable saying that without looking it up. Um, Toronto, I think, looked really, really good to advance past Leon in Liga MX, everyone else, you know, a couple of Costa Rican teams taken out, Saprissa and your your beloved La Liga. Why
2: Paul. why you got to why you got to look at me when you say Costa Rican like that? You said it was like a, like it was like a bad thing.
1: I didn't say it was like a bad I'm thing. I'm just saying I interpreted your in eye, me. you
2: know, you the way you at me. You're projecting. Yeah, I am. Maybe I am because you you know what? You're taking a little bit too much joy. A little bit too much joy I in mean, the fact that two Costa Rican teams got knocked down. All you did was
1: talk up the Costa Rican U23s before Olympic qualifying. You talked up Aloe Hulense. You didn't really talk up Saprisa, but No,
2: no, because Saprissa is not good this year. But La Liga should have won the first leg. I will say that poor performance, didn't finish. And then they were missing seven starters in the return leg because they couldn't get visas because they had played a friendly in Europe. Kind of a joke. Kind of messed yeah, up, but, kind of But according
1: calf, to CONCACAF, kind of their fault, too. Eh, I
2: don't believe CONCACAF. You can't take CONCACAF <laughs> seriously. Come on. You're going to believe what CONCACAF puts out in statements.
1: Sam, come on. We know better right. than that. I didn't say it. You did. Don't put that on me, CONCACAF. That was Paul Tenorio. I'll say it. Paul Tenorio. This is why This is why for. we're sending Sam to
2: Nations League and not me, because they'll be they'll be waiting for me there after that. Yeah, they will. Um, Better
1: watch out, Concacaf Costa out.
2: Rican teams might have lost both of their games, but they had the most. They provided the most memorable moment of this round of. Yeah, uh, of the Champions you League.
1: C- you can't spell Costa Rica without fight. I don't know. We might not
2: have is. an army, but we can get stuck in on some tackles. Costa Rica doesn't have an army. No military. Huh. The Switzerland of the Americas, my friend.
1: I did not know that. Yeah, we're
2: peaceful people, man. ¡Pura vida!
1: Yeah, tico, tico, tico. The the
2: most fighting we do is right here on this podcast between me and you. That's
1: and also against Kai Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also that, obviously. Um. Anyway, so great showing for MLS in the CONCACAF Champions League. The quarterfinals first leg will be towards the end of April. I believe it's April 27th through 29th. And then the second leg is in the start of May. We'll have a couple of MLS versus League MX matchups in that one. And an MLS, an all-MLS matchup as well. We um, we so are
2: guaranteed an MLS team in the CONCACAF Champions League semifinal.
1: We are. That's not always a sure thing. So that's something to be thankful for uh, if you are an MLS supporter But we've already spent a little bit too much time before we get to the the juicy stuff, the good stuff, the predictions. And this podcast has been around over a year now, which means that we did a prediction show last year, which means we can go back and actually hold ourselves a little bit accountable. And there is a lot of accountability that's about to be dished out because, you know what, Paul? We are bad at this, man.
2: No, 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 no. Our hit rate on this was superb for Major League Soccer. Don't downplay... The ability we had here, I think we did a great job. How? First of all, we'll start off with when we had to do our never bet MLS segment, which we'll do again today, and we had to give a best bet in Vegas. I nailed my best bet. I said the best bet is Columbus at plus thirty three hundred. That's a good bet to make. I think they're going to surprise some teams. Anyone who listened to this podcast that oh, that's listened to my the, betting advice, the only
1: pick that was good f- between the two of us basically. also
2: not true both of us picked two teams for worst roster for the money that finished 10th and 9th in their respective
1: conferences
2: i think that's an accurate reflection of of those predictions or those i
1: i picked miami for that. i do feel good about you that nailed one. that one. <laughs> you nailed it you picked vancouver i believe you defended miami's honor when i made that pick if i remember correctly I, I don't want to talk about that. I also don't want to talk about the fact that we
2: both said the best offseason signing was Chicharito. And I, yeah. if, if either of us had just gone outside the box, our secondary picks in that category was Darlington Nagby by Sam, which you nailed. Again, see, yeah. these are the things that we're hitting on. See, you're, you're wrong to, to Lambassas, us. And I picked Randall Leal, who a very good player for Nashville, very good offseason signing. So uh,
1: just give us some credit here, man. Okay, all right. I'm I'm going through. I'm looking at some of my individual picks, and some of these are legitimately funny. Um, particularly this one for comeback player of the year. I picked Giuseppe Rossi, who I think played in like two <laughs> matches for Real Salt Lake. That one not so good. Um, otherwise, I picked like all LAFC. I picked Vela for the Golden Boot and and MVP. I picked Bob Bradley for Coach of the Year. Um, I picked Brian Rodriguez for U22 Player of the Year. Picked the wrong LAFC Man, winger. You were out close. A,
2: you were out on a limb on all these picks, and then I they also still picked them failed. to win the Shield.
1: And and, <laughs> and best of all, best of all, I did not pick them to win MLS Cup. For that, I picked the LA Galaxy. Not so good. Nailed it. You not know, so good.
2: As embarrassed as I am about how much... Not only did we pick Chicharito as our best offseason signing, I think we spent like half a podcast episode talking about how great of a signing that was. Yeah. Not even the preview episode, like the previous episode. Yeah. But I picked as my MVP, Pity Martinez, which, oof. Oh,
1: man. Like,
2: man, that is something that you don't want attached to your name.
1: No, that's, that's quite a pity that yeah, you did that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know.
2: That was that was
1: that was poor, Sam. That was bad. <laughs> not as poor as as PT. Was for <laughs> He's Atlanta not United. poor.
2: He is not poor. He is he, not poor. He went um, home a very not poor man, or went to the good, Middle East a very not. That poor is man. a
1: very very good point. Um, you mentioned your Columbus at plus thirty three hundred to win MLS Cup. I, I said Portland for the value there, which I feel okay about. I also said that Red Bull, Minnesota, Montreal, and RSL and I think this is a direct quote, none of those four teams have the least bit of a chance to win MLS Cup. Stay away from that. Minnesota was 15 minutes away from making the final, uh, and they blew a two-goal lead. Um, So, hey, they didn't make it. So, you know, I wasn't wrong, but a little bit closer than I would have predicted.
2: Yeah, I think fair to say they had a a least bit of a chance for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um,
2: Quickly, Sam, I'm going to run down... Just like kind of our our picks from last year, Run I'm not going to go over the entire conference. I'm just going to say we both picked NYCFC to win the East. They didn't. Philly did. We both picked LAFC to win the West. They didn't. Sporting Kansas City did. Neither of us got the entire playoff pool correct. In fact, we had some pretty bad misses. I'll name a few of our bad misses. Sam had the Galaxy second. I had them third in the West. That did not happen. Uh, Shoot, I mean, we both had LAFC first. Like I said, that did not happen. Um, We both had Atlanta second. Sam had Minnesota 11th in the West. Uh, That definitely did not happen. Um, You had DC fourth, by the way. I had DC fourth. They finished 13th. (laughs) There's a (laughs) lot of bad. I had Miami
1: fifth. They finished 10th. To be fair to us, 2020 was a weird year. Yeah, who could have predicted it's so weird, in fact, that one of the teams that we were predicting um, in the Western Conference wasn't actually in the Western Conference by the time the season ended. And that was, of course, Nashville, who ended in the East. So uh, they're still there. They're still in the East. Got that absolves teams us. in the East this year. It,
2: it absolves us of everything. And, and so now we go into 2021 knowing that we get a lot right. We got a lot wrong, but it's not our fault. Mostly It was a wrong. COVID year. It was a COVID year. COVID year. None Doesn't of it, count. Not Not valid. Doesn't matter unless it's the yes. things we got right. Um, so
1: so take these to the bank, people. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. well I, I mean, actually, when we get to Neverbed MLS, just remember who who led you the right direction last year. That's all I'm saying. Do
1: you want to start? Do you want to start on uh, some individual awards? Sure. All right. Let's. Uh... Should we should we start at the top and then go down the pecking order? Should we build up, like do a nice little ladder, where least important to most important? Sam, these listen, these are things we could have discussed Sam, before the show.
2: I'm just here with my hands out, waiting for you to put the piano down. Okay, <laughs> that's
1: right, that's right. Hold on, I gotta bend over. I gotta I gotta do some stretches. I gotta put this thing on my back. All right, we're good to go. Um, we're gonna start at the bottom, and then we'll get somewhere. Let's start with an award that doesn't exist, but that we're making up for this show: Homegrown Player of the Year. And I hope you took that did this in the proper spirit, and you're not picking, you know, Jasi artists. That, that how dare? Are you, you. picking Jasi artist oh, I,
2: I should have. I should have for this show. This should
1: be a young player. Stick with the spirit of the award.
2: No, I did not pick Jasi artist. I did, however, pick a forward. I picked Ayo Akinola from Toronto FC. He's been he's been injured. Uh, I think he had an illness as well that that kept yeah. him out of Olympic qualifiers. Um but he he was fantastic last year for Toronto. I think he's gonna get a lot of playing time again this year. I don't you know, Josie's um fitness has been up and down. Yes, there are some competitions where he he'll miss the season, parts of the season, um, uh, presumably either with the US or Canada. I guess we'll find out, um in the Gold Cup. But I, I think he has another strong year. I really like him. Uh and I think Toronto is is gonna
1: be a good again this year. So uh I I've got IO. What you got? I like that pick. I I thought about making that my pick, but I'm a little I don't know what's going on with his health. Um so I stayed away from that just for that reason. I'm going to go with maybe the most boring pick possible. Uh so boring in fact that I don't even think you've thought of it, Paul. I bet you did not even think of him when you were picking this award. Is that ringing any bells for you? You want you want to take a shot at this? Um well if I didn't even think of him, then no, because I we're just wasting our listeners' time at this point. Well, you could argue we're always doing that. It's a hundred percent the <laughs> subtitle of this show. <laughs> um, I'm picking James Sands from New York City FC. Oh yeah, that's a snorfest. It is a snorfest, but he's good. Uh Alex Ring is gone. James Sands is Slotting in to be defensive midfielder, potentially a little bit of time at center back. Maybe he's a guy that can go to the Gold Cup. He did not, he wasn't really in the mix for Olympic qualifying, which I thought was a bit strange personally. uh I think he's just like a rock solid player. um Another few names that I considered. What uh, is this? Extra Time Radio?
2: What, you know, wow. Giving me a, a defensive midfield pick. Listen, uh, he's good. Pushing the glasses up your nose. He's good. That's all I'm is saying. He,
1: he's a good player.
2: No disrespect of course to our friends at Extra Time Radio but a defensive <laughs> midfielder for homegrown player of the year. I was actually
1: for, just like- talking with Taylor Rockwell of Total Soccer <laughs> Show our esteemed friend and colleague the other day about how um there are too many like MOS hipsters and that people should just pick the obvious picks instead of trying to sound smart and like pull one out of their butt. But I'm not pulling one out of my butt. James Sands is a good player. Doesn't matter. It is exactly a description you just no, described that pick. No, you want me to do? You want me to do one of those? No, I'll do I, one want, of those. I like that
2: you picked. Two, Ralph Preso. I, I,
1: I could have picked Ralph Preso. I'm glad that would have been a hipster up.
2: pick. I'm glad. James I called Sands you
1: up. like plays every single game for NYCFC. If he stays healthy, he's solid, really solid player. John um, Luca Busio, I think he's he's due for. I don't know if he's due for a big year, but Sporting Kansas City are betting on that.
2: They gave him the ten.
1: Yeah, he's got to go and produce. Same with uh, Caden Clark. With the Red Bulls, who I thought I about him as home. my pick. I thought yeah, about him. so I, he. I was he, actually he's, like he's technically a homegrown. Technically, a homegrown. technically, they bought his homegrown
2: rights yeah. from Minnesota. He played USL. I don't know. He
1: played for the Barcelona Academy in Casa Grande, Arizona. You know that famous Mediterranean city, Casa Grande. Arizona. That's like
2: that's like one of the facts that we say on this podcast that I will hundred percent get a text tomorrow after this airs from Dylan Hernandez being like. Why do you know so much about these random kids that you know that he played at Barcelona Academy? And I'll be like, this is this is what we do. We, we. This is
1: this is the life we chose. <laughs> 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 All right. So you've got uh I forgot who you picked already. I, I picked James Sands. Uh, Io Acanola. You picked Iohacinola. Um we also made up another category, breakout player of the year. Of a guy who's maybe been around for a while, maybe he's new, maybe we don't know that much about him, maybe we don't know that he played at the Barcelona-Arizona Academy, Um, but a guy who's going to burst onto the scene and level up and kind of carve out a nice role for himself in MLS. Who you got on this one, Paul? All
2: right, it's always a good sign when you can't remember exactly how to pronounce the, the person's first name. Does that give you any hints as to who I picked?
1: Is it an Alexandru or something? It's it's Premislav Frankowski. You can't pronounce it it's your own home team man. Shemyzlov well,
2: Shemyzlov? You know you're you're Polish. So I just I would I get nervous with Polish names, you know. I mean, I I, I get I mean your, I get
1: nervous I, with Polish names. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. I get I
2: get your name right. I'm the only person in the MLS universe to correctly pronounce your name on a regular basis.
1: My name's not Polish though, by the way.
2: It doesn't matter. I, and it, it just makes me get a little bit nervous. I, I'm picking Frankovsky. Yes, he's close to home. Um, but I think he's a really good player. Uh, if you look back at 2019, he had five goals, nine assists. Last year, not so much. Three goals, one assist. Uh, he's trying to break into the Poland squad for Euros. I think he's going to come out in really good form. He has to convince them that he's worth calling right won't, away. Won't have much time. Um, won't have any time, really. Um, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to be really good for them this year. I, I have a feeling. Um, and so I, I went with that. I mean, if you look also at the end of last year, he started Didn't to he really start pick it up. He had two game. goals in the last game. He had an assist the game before that. He had a goal three games before that. So he finally started to find his place and his rhythm in that team. So I'm going with Frank to have a breakout season this year. I'm going to say he's going to be somewhere in the range of like 15 goals plus
1: assists. Whew, that's a big okay. number. Well, if he you said he had five and nine in 2019. That's 14. So he's been in the neighborhood before. Um, I'm going with a newcomer, which maybe shouldn't be allowed. I don't know, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, Atlanta. Santiago Sosa I'm a fan of this guy I haven't seen much of him admittedly um, but I liked what I saw in the two CCL matches it seems like Anze is going to lean on him pretty heavily seems like he's going to be playing a ton of minutes he's going to have an important role in an important team I think Atlanta are going to be good this year again I like what I'm seeing down there I'm going with Santi Sosa
2: yeah I mean we have a newcomer like category it. And so I feel like this is cheating. Mm-hmm. You're like giving your two for the cat. It's fine, but it's like, it's, yeah, it's like kind whatever, of,
1: it's man. kind of blending I mean, whatever. It whatever. I did it. it is it's what it too is. too late. You didn't put any <laughs> rules on it. So I just did it. If you wanted, if you wanted to have rules on it, it's Paul, fine. you should have done if it you beforehand. you want to be wrong
2: and it doesn't matter. We're not going to be go right. can go back it's after fine. the fact, Let's go. Man.
1: Let's go. Right. Let's go you mentioned newcomers. Let's just go to newcomers.
2: Yeah. You already started us there, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I sure did.
2: I'm going with the ultimate newcomer. This is a newcomer that absolutely nobody knows. Is
1: he not even here yet? It's a player to be signed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost did this. A summer Like a player, player that has TBD. not been signed yet.
2: TBD. No, this is a newcomer that like, you know, is like one of those guys that just you should get all the credit in the this? world. <laughs> you should get all the credit in the world for having them on your discovery list. Like how did they find this guy? Uh
1: Pato. How yeah. did they find Pato? I don't, I don't know. know. They went down to a pond. They I don't, just, they sprinkled some breadcrumbs. I'm not going to get into know. the
2: songs that I like to listen to with my daughter, but they're, we're in a very strong duck phase right now. And there's a <laughs> lot of Pato in my life. And now there's going to be a lot of Pato in your life. He's going to score a lot of goals for Orlando city this year. Daryl DK not going to be around this season is my prediction. So there's going to be a lot of, Whoa, a lot of go opportunities lot of opportunity for Pato to score goals. He scored a bunch in China. I think he scores a bunch in Orlando. Pato is your newcomer of the year. Mark it down.
1: I almost picked Pato. I almost did it. But instead, I went with another new striker who is going to play on a good team and has an incredible number 10 behind him who's going to be serving up chance after chance after chance after chance. Bradley Wright Phillips
2: to- has been in this league for a long time.
1: Well, listen, All right, he ain't gonna play in front of Giassi until Giassi's gone. I'm talking about your boy, Paul. Juan Chope. Vamos! (laughs) Juan Chope, Avila, Minnesota United striker, new signing, coming from Boca Juniors, where he was on a very good run of form before he joined Minnesota. He's got Reynoso behind him. Um, Kevin Molino's no longer there, but with Reynoso pulling the strings, and Ethan Finlay running the wings, he's gonna get plenty of chances, and if he's Got a decent conversion rate. He should score plenty of goals, and and that tends to win these awards. So I'm going. I'm going with Abila.
2: I like it. I'm not going to lie. I've been on eBay recently looking to see if I can purchase any old Wanchope Manchester City jerseys. I should be. I'm going to put it out there right now. If there are any Chicago Fire fans with the Pablo chop wow. Chicago Fire jersey, I will purchase it. I am look. As obviously a Tico, as somebody who was given a Wait, nickname, you're Costa Rican? as somebody who was given a nickname of Juan Chope, who didn't deserve it but was given it just because he was Costa Rican while playing soccer as a right back, Um <laughs> I endorse anyone who's nicknamed after
1: such a prestigious player and a fantastic player. He was. Can you um, do? Can you do the story on why he's nicknamed Juan Chope? Like how this name? Yeah, like, he. I he, mean, we. He Do we runs, know why?
2: yeah, he runs similar. Cause, you know, Chopin was like a big guy, big player, like kind right. of tall and awkward and lanky. So he had kind of a, I'm, fam-
1: dis- I'm familiar with that type.
2: Yeah, he had a distinct, yeah, yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> that, that describes you. He, he had this kind of weird gait and how he moved and they, his teammates saw him, um, moving similarly and as is very normal in any culture, but I think very much so in the Latino culture is to give a nickname like that is somewhat disparaging and like somewhat random and to stick it to somebody and it lasts for their life. And that's what happened here. Um He was lucky. He was lucky. Get, I, I always, guess
1: we don't need to do the story. Though. I, I always good. tell
2: my, I always tell my, uh you know, my, my story of when the first time my mom went to Costa Rica with my dad and they were calling her gordita which is like you know, fatty basically, but it was it's a it's a term of endearment that that's kind of how he ended up with this nickname. That's all I'm trying to. Okay, say.
1: got it. Um, for the record, a, my mom is weird not that a gordita. You just th- so. It's weird that you just threw your mom under the bus. <laughs> She's not a gordita. That's
2: the whole point. Is that this, these nicknames are given that are so weird and random and like they're but they stick. Um, anyways, yeah, I didn't give enough explanation to that story about my mom. Let's move on from my mom. Let's go.
1: All right. It was it was just a Taco Bell item, fast food item. That's what the nickname was. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a remark on anyone's appearance. Yeah, all the Taco Bells in close Rica. It's a cheesy sure. gordita crunch. Yeah. Um, moving on. Young player of the year. This one's going to be a little bit boring because we picked the same guy. Paul, who did we pick? Tell the people.
2: I I went with my boy. I've been accused of worshipping at the altar of this player. Uh, Not wrong, by the way. I did. Those
1: accusations. I did. I did
2: really believe he was going to be special. I was insanely biased, in part because I went on a vacation to Argentina at the time that he was leading his club on a run through the Copa Sudamericana, and I saw the hype around uh-huh. him in your, your study abroad
1: to Buenos Aires. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> when I was in Buenos Aires and Patagonia, um, there were newspapers extolling the the run of form of Ezekiel Barco, which drove his price through the roof. I mean, the price went up on Atlanta United, a player that they had already pretty much agreed to terms, and then he continued to take his team through this run, and the price kept creeping higher and higher. Uh, yeah. It's finally time. It's finally time for Barco to be Barco. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to play well for Atlanta. I think he's going to go with Argentina to Tokyo if it happens. I think he's going to play well there. And I think Farco's going to get sold. After the season or in the summer? In the summer. I think it's going to happen
1: quickly. There's not much window left after the Olympics. I know. It's going to happen. Trust me. All right. Well, that's going to hurt him being young player of the year in MLS if he gets sold. Not in my eyes.
2: Not in my eyes. Okay. You got to factor in in the transfer fee, factor in the first half production. That's not how awards get voted on. It doesn't matter. We can influence the awards on this show, Sam.
1: Uh, All right um i picked barco too i don't think he's gonna get sold (laughs) mid-season um if i did i wouldn't have picked him to win the award but i do think he's going to be good i do think he's going to play an important role for atlanta i think he looks lively and energized i think heinze is really just going to kind of reactivate that entire situation down there and i think barco is going to be the better for it i do think though it's funny that you know when you go it doesn't need to be to a foreign country. It can be to a different state or a different city than you're used to. And you see something or experience something there and you like consider it like, oh, I got in early on this. It like holds a special place in your heart. So that's what Barco is for you. And that's what uh, Maya he was for me when I was 14 and playing a soccer tournament in Europe. And it was the only thing on TV was that music video. And then six months later, it became a huge thing in the U.S. And I was like, I already know this song. Well, look at me.
2: I know what video you're going to be sending our good friend Joe Lowry when we send the oh, audio well, over Well, you
1: here. just spoiled
2: it. No, because he doesn't listen to the whole episode, do you, Joe? Wow, I guess
1: we're going to find out. The <laughs> ultimate test. Wow. Um, all right, so we have the biggies coming up. But before we get to those, because I think you know there's going to be some spoiler alerts if we do MVP, Golden Boot, Defender of the Year, and Coach of the Year for our team predictions. So let's just skip ahead. Let's do those team predictions real quick. Supporter Shield, who you picking, Paul? Uh, this
2: is an easy one. It's Columbus Crew. Best team in the league by a wide, wide margin. I think the East is really? weaker. Yeah, I think so. I think this team is really, really wide good. Wide margin? Yeah, I do. I think they're going to win the East by a good amount.
1: Over and LAFC, you think, by a by wide margin? Yeah, I do.
2: Because I think, I think the West is going to beat that, itself Bob up a Bradley? little bit more. I I do think that – you'll see. I've got more predictions here. But, yeah, I think the crew wins the shield.
1: Uh, I also think the crew wins the shield. I don't think there's a wide margin between them and LAFC. When I was deciding between those two, I was basically like, all right, both teams are going to lose players in the summer for international windows. Uh, I'm a little, I guess, shakier on who LAFC is losing and who they're replacing them with um, than I am with Columbus and I like Columbus's schedule a lot better. That was the main reason. I just like the Crew's schedule better. Uh, I think they'll have an easier time navigating it than LAFC. So I think they'll get more points. And that's the weird thing about the Shield, right? Especially this year when teams are playing. Most teams are only playing two interconference games. Uh, a couple are playing three. But with that, it's not. It's not. It's a weird. It's a weird trophy this year because the schedule is incredibly unbalanced. And I think we sort of need to. Maybe reshape how we talk about the Shields going forward, potentially. We'll see how MLS changes the schedule once things hopefully return to normal a little bit in 22, but something to think about. MLS Cup, Paul. I got black and gold versus black and gold. LAFC versus Columbus Crew. <laughs> there we go. I think they're the two best teams in the league. I'm picking LAFC to win on the road, I guess, since I have the Crew winning the Shield. They're going into the new Crew Stadium beating them.
2: Wow. You know, if there's anything we've learned about MLS, it's that the two best teams in the league meet every single year in MLS Cup. That actually exactly was right. true for three or four years, right? Or four or five years. But I don't think it'll be true this time.
1: Was Seattle the best team? In the, I mean, Seattle wasn't a good regular think, season team.
2: Yeah, but they were the two best teams in the league. Uh, I I decided to go the opposite direction you did in regard to um, MLS Cup. I think it's going to be like the chaos
1: of the playoffs and I mean, you're probably right, but how can you predict that? Well, I mean, not like how can you? Like, of course you can, but like, you know, you're just making up random crap.
2: Kind of, but part of it is I'm sticking with my prediction of a treble in 16 wins for the Portland Timbers. So I have the Portland Timbers winning MLS Cup
1: because <laughs> I can't. Back you're not death. counting. You're not counting playoff wins in that 16, by the way, are you? Yeah, I am. Are you? Yeah. So they're going to win like 5 games in the regular season and make the playoffs?
2: No, no, no. I'm just saying that they only need these 16 wins to get the trophies. They need the <laughs> You're to, thinking about it though. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. These are <laughs> right, the whatever. the wins that were this necessary. This doesn't matter. You're picking Portland. Portland over New England. I like Bruce Ooh. Arena to once again navigate I was very torn between New England and Orlando making it to MLS Cup in the East somebody one of those upset happy teams. I I like both of those teams to make a run in a tournament great, style.
1: Great playoff game between those two last year. Yeah. Wildly so
2: memorable. so I've got Portland over New England in MLS Cup. New England okay. once again the bridesmaid.
1: Hmm. Poor Revs. Um I mean Bruce Arena doesn't really lose MLS Cups. So
2: well, he's never coached in know. New England. They don't really win MLS Cups.
1: You're, you're, so the immovable object and the unstoppable Something's force. something got to give. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce isn't so unstoppable after all. Got it. Uh, I kind of like that pick. I'm a big Revs backer. Huge Carly Seal guy. I want to be the president of the Carly Seal fan club. I'm declaring it right now. I'm the president of the Carly Seal fan club. <laughs> Anyone who please would like to be in the fan club,
2: please tweet at Sam this week. Let please. Them, let him know.
1: Come one, come all. We can we can sit together and watch the Revs and drink Rioja and eat some paella and talk about Carly Seals' left foot. It's going to be awesome. Um, All right. Well, we talked about the the team predictions we needed to get out of the way. Back to the individual awards. I know. Hopefully, your neck's okay from all that head snapping we're doing. Uh, Let's start with coach of the year. Let's do that one. Who you got?
2: I actually Easy. changed this two or three times. I had to change it after another category that we're going to talk about later in this show. Based on that prediction, I had to change this prediction. So I'm giving you a little preview. Of That's what question, they call a tease in the radio. Tease case, that folks. you don't know what's going to happen later. Uh, I'm I'm taking Gerhard Struber and the Red Bulls Whoa. to be coach of the year.
1: The Strube.
2: Yeah, I, I was torn. I had Adrian Heath. For a while there, I think. Of course you did. But then once I started to play out my game theory of wild, wild west in the uh, playoffs to get to a matchup that no one's predicting. And Minnesota got knocked out. And then I was like, okay. And then I was looking at what seed I had them. in order. The, to- the awards get voted on before the playoffs, I know, but I needed to sure. put them in a certain seed so that the right teams knocked out the right teams to get did to you do Portland. A whole, you did a whole bracket? In my mind, I had the bracket going in my mind. Yeah. And so based on that, I was like, okay, I need them to finish here in the West. And if they finish here in the West, he's definitely not coach of the year. And so my guy Strooper is the coach of the year.
1: All right. You care to expand on that at all or what?
2: Uh, I will expand on it later uh, when we get to our put all your chips on the table prediction.
1: Okay. I actually talked to Gerhard Struber for about a half hour earlier this week for a story I'm doing on the Red Bulls that will come out next week. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say because I have some insight into what's going on over there right now. Big scoops—that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>
2: that's what we do. That's what we do. Uh,
1: same. I picked Caleb Porter because they're going to win the Shield, and that's it.
2: Yeah, that's um, how MLS people vote for sure. And yeah, a, good call.
1: Uh, a couple. I also thought about Adrian Heath. Um, I thought about Oscar Pereja a little bit. I voted um, for and, him
2: for Coach of the Year last year.
1: And one, uh, I'll, you gave a little bit of a spoiler with your pick. I'll give a little bit of spoiler with this consideration. Greg Vanny, I thought about as well. Um, Defender of the year? You want to go down that road?
2: Yeah, I mean, this actually does link in to my coach pick. I I, I picked Aaron Long. Aaron Long? Yeah, because... because- Let's be honest, the voters of these awards tend to just vote based on the success of the teams, and I so Aaron Long fits for me. It, it all it all ties together.
1: Yeah. The knee bone is connected to the shin bone, as they say. <laughs> I hope I didn't get too technical with that. Uh, I picked Jonathan Mensah because, like you said, these are sort of team awards, and I think the crew are going to be really good. Mensa came in second in Defender of the Year last year to walker zimmerman so i think the voters give him a little love the only finish. thing i would say is
2: that the defender of the year is very much the like pick the american journeyman defender that doesn't really get the love chad marshall a journeyman you know you know what i mean like the the non-national team i mean not in this case aaron long's national team but like it's it's usually like it's the
1: chad marshall Award. A, yeah it's just kind say of a it's a chad, the chad, it's chad marshall, marshall Award.
2: Award. It's, i mean it, come on, let's talk about some of the other center backs that have been, been the defender. Of the Icapara fits that mold. Walker didn't Zimmerman Aillion kind of fits that mold. Defender
1: of the year? Axel Hoyberg
2: was in the he it. was in the discussion. The fact that he was in the discussion proves this point.
1: I think he was best eleven. This he? is
2: like a hipster pick. Defender of the year.
1: It is. Well, I and, think Jonathan Mensa. I think it's hipster enough.
2: He was MLS best 11 last year. You're really just chalking it up this year.
1: I am so chalk. I feel bad about myself. Whatever. I'm ashamed of you. This is so not you. Speaking of chalk, guess who I picked for MVP and Golden Boot?
2: (laughs) The same person I did, unfortunately. (laughs) I, I was realistic here. I'm picking Vela. He says he wants it. If he wants it, it's his. I mean, if he wants
1: it and he's healthy, he'll get it. Yeah.
2: That's, who's that's, going to stop him? No it? one. No one's gonna, You know who could stop him? Jonathan Mensa, probably. Chad Marshall, for yeah. sure, if he was still playing. Yeah, well,
1: guess, guess who's not going to play Carlos Vela this year? Jonathan Mensa and Chad Marshall. Maybe Chad Marshall can come out of retirement.
2: Well, because those two guys aren't going to be playing Vela this year, he's going to win MVP and Golden Boot. Which, by the way, another example of the way these awards go. If you win Golden Boot, you're pretty close to winning MVP. Like it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. A couple of guys that will play Carlos Velas here are involved in my version of this next prediction, which we are calling, uh, a chips on the table prediction. You know what? I'm just going to say it. We're calling it a nuts on the table prediction, Paul. I said it. Do we have to take that out? I don't know. Is Joe listening to this? We'll find (laughs) out. (laughs) This is a prediction where you're just like kind of going all in on something bold, right? Um, so I have, I actually have two, I have, I have both, I have two things I'm going all in on. Um, this is very unchalk, um, but I'm going all in with them. But I want to hear yours first. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to go first.
2: Okay, fine. After that setup, you just kick it over to me.
1: Yeah, I know. I we're, we're making the listeners wait.
2: I am predicting, and I don't even know if this mathematically makes sense, and especially after I said what I said earlier on the show, after all this planning of the knee bone connected to the shin bone, about yeah, Columbus being far doing, You were doing, you were and doing brackets
1: in your, You were doing
2: beautiful mind stuff, man. Yeah, but I didn't go beautiful mind here. My prediction is that the Red Bulls will finish with the second most points in the league. Wow. I think the Red Bulls are going to be fantastic this year. I think high press teams that execute well and have the right players for the system are very difficult to beat. They're very, very difficult to play against. You look at what Barnsley is doing in the championship right now when they have the right pieces in place. You look at what Salzburg does and Leipzig does in their respective leagues. It is a very hard system to play against and and. Red Bull has demonstrated that over and over and over again and been successful with that over and over and over again. The problem was the last couple of years, one, they went away from being kind of completely high press. Two, their personnel was no bueno. It wasn't good. You still have to have decent soccer players. You can't have total crap soccer players. You have to have at least decent <sighs> <Jeez>. soccer players. <laughs> <laughs> I got assassinated. I, 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 did, I, I didn't mean to be mean about it. I know that was actually mean because Sam made a real face that he only makes when you're being when you're being meaner than you intend. Um, but they're good. They got some really nice young players. That I'm. How I, do you think, know
1: that they're good?
2: I like the young players. Have you watched these got. guys before? I like Frankie Amaya in this system. I like Cameron Harper in this system. I like the pieces they've added. And I think they're going to have a really good season. And, and this is a nuts on your table pick, man. I'm not here to, you know, dilly dally. I'm not here. <laughs> okay, for man. Carlos Bella <laughs> winning the MVP. Columbus winning the supporter shield. All right. You know, Bob right. Bradley coach I, of the I don't year. I hate this pick, by the way. I'm not trying so- to do. What you did last year and this year, and just chalk all my team picks. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm here to
1: do. (laughs) All right, fair enough, fair enough. I do like this pick. I will say the Red Bulls were hard to play against last year, and they were a pressing team last year. I went and I I looked up all of the stats from Struber's time at Barnsley in 19 and 20 when he came in. I think in November. And they got 40 points from 30 games and barely, barely, barely stayed up. They wouldn't have stayed up if Wigan hadn't gone to administri- into administration and got a 12-point deduction. But they barely stayed up. Two stoppage time wins in the last two games to do it. Um, they were a super-pressing team. Red Bulls, super-pressing team. Both of them, in all of the metrics you look at to measure those, are like top three in their respective leagues in Red Bulls in 2020 and Struber in 1920 and Barnsley. The difference was Barnsley... When they won the ball back in the opponent's third, which they did all the time, they were able to get themselves into decent positions, right? The Red Bulls were not. What Barnsley was bad at was finishing. They didn't have, I think, of all the teams in the championship, no team had a bigger difference between goals and expected goals than Barnsley during Struber's time there, right? Which basically just means they're generating decent chances, but they're not finishing them at a good rate at all. Um, The Red Bulls were not even generating the chances in 2020. So that's what Struber has to kind of. They they know how to win the ball back in dangerous positions. They just weren't doing enough to actually get the ball in a good position to score after they won it back in a dangerous position. So that's what he needs to improve. Uh, by the way, fun little note about Barnsley. You know who completely broke that XG thing that I was just talking about? Daryl DK. Daryl DK. Yeah. And basically, since he's arrived there, they've improved massively in that because his. Goals to expected goals is, like, ridiculous, the ratio. And they basically haven't lost a game since he showed up. Um, And now maybe are going to get promoted to the Premier League. So that's fun. But anyway, Struber, the dude is, like, a dyed-in-the-wool member of the church of Red Bull. He, you know, he has wings, I'm pretty sure. Um, I just can't see them. Uh, And it's going to be, like, it's going to be really interesting this year because I think Red Bull is, is pivoting further into that model and trying to integrate themselves further into that global network, which they, if we're being honest, they haven't really been a huge part of, at least in terms of when it comes to producing players. And I think the, the mothership probably wants to get more out of it in that regard. That being said, you can read all about that next week in the story that I'm working on. Um, my nuts on the table predictions, I got two of them. Chicharito is going to score at least 18 goals. That's one.
2: I like that you're double down. You're you're doubling down on your predictions from Listen, last year. Chalk he touched
1: and Chicharito. He, he, well, you just wait. Okay, I have another one. He touched rock bottom last year in basically every single way, on the field, off the field. Awful, awful season. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, he is motivated this year, and I think he has a much better coach, who's going to do a much better job of playing to his strengths. And the Galaxy still have good players. You know, And they still have guys who can generate chances. They've got some new signings. Kevin Cabral, Victor Vasquez, Legette is still there. Jonah Dos Santos is still there. Those guys didn't become bad at soccer. They weren't bad at soccer last year. They're not going to be bad at soccer this year. Maybe Efra yeah, Alvarez can can take a leap. Um, so I think he's going to get his looks. Uh, I think he's going to score a bunch of goals. And then my other bold prediction this year, New Who is going to be awesome at, as a left center back in a 3 2 That was not
2: – that is not – it doesn't fit this New. category. That's like not New Who. Sorry, that's no. It doesn't qualify on this podcast. Why? Because that's so that's so not anything from you. That's very normal pick from Sam
1: School. No, it's not. I mean, for me, yeah, but it's bold for everyone else. Doesn't doesn't matter. This is for He's you. He's gonna be he is gonna be an awesome left center back. Even though Seattle is doing something that I'm very upset by, which is basically saying New Who don't go forward as much. And, like, Nuhu is a free spirit. You need to give him room. You need to give him space to wander and roam. And they're saying, all right, you're going to be a left center back. You're not going to wander and roam quite as much. Um, So they're going to take away a little bit of the essence of Nuhu, which I'm sad about. But he's going to be awesome at left center back. I'm just calling that now. All right. Chicharito scoring 18 goals. That's bold. Stop it. It's
2: very bold. It's very bold. That one, yes, full credit. (sighs) You just I, you just threw I'm in a new thing. I'm sensing some resentment and I don't like it. You know what? You threw in the new who? I thought it would have been great if you stuck him in as maybe breakout player. You had well, like I'm, you had, I'm not you gonna had lie. two meant, newcomers of the year. I meant
1: to, but I for, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to shoehorn him in here.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, sounds like it's time for a break. Let's take a break, Sam.
3: We'll be right back. FX is welcome to Wrexham, all new Thursdays on FX, stream on Hulu.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are back
1: again. First commercial break 45 minutes into the show. We're going to do another one in like seven minutes because that's how we roll on allocation disorder. The breaks don't make any sense. The picks might not make any sense when we do this again a year from now. Paul, we've done the individual awards. We've done the big the big team awards. Now let's really like, really get in. Let's break these down conference by conference, run through the standings. Let's start with the East, huh? I mean, the first first we've already said, that's Columbus Crew. That's who we we both have them at the top spot, but after that, I had a hard time picking the East. A I, lot of a lot of good teams in the East this year. I had a hard time. Not only did I have a hard time, I had a hard time and then
2: like 40 minutes into this show, I realized I forgot a team, and it was a team that I think is a playoff team. (laughs) And so then I had a really hard time. Who'd you forget? In realizing I was knocking a good team out. I forgot Atlanta. Wow. And I think Atlanta is going to be decent this year, despite me yelling at their fans in an earlier episode of this show. If you get by this La Liga team, you are an MLS playoff side.
1: You're basically Real Madrid,
2: you know, and so Peak based on that alone, Atlanta's in the playoff. And so then I had to do some change. I had to drop some teams down, and it knocks... Are you ready? Do you need a minute? Team. Do we need to do another break? No, I mean at this point we got to go, and and I'm like, man, I, a, a team I think is a playoff team is no longer a playoff team. Can yeah. we go back we to bumped. ten teams? Maybe. Yeah. All right, I'll let run down know. my east, and then I'll let you run down your east, and then we can All right, talk. Run about it down. It. All right, I've got Columbus one. Red Bull 2, obviously I covered that, uh, in the last category. I've got Orlando 3, New England 4, Philadelphia 5. I think they dropped down, you know, a good amount, but still a good team. 6, Atlanta, who I forgot, but you're back in and you're in the playoffs. 7, Toronto. I was,
1: I was curious if you were going to leave Toronto. No,
2: definitely based on their Champions League performance, they're back in. NYCFC drops out of the playoffs at 8. Chicago at 9, Nashville 10, DC United 11. Where is Miami? Miami Where tw- is Miami? Miami 12, Montreal 13, Cincinnati 14. That is my east. Wow. Where did you have DC? 11.
1: Okay. Why why so low on Miami? I just think that
2: the way things have gone around that club is just going to be difficult to overcome and we haven't even seen all of it yet. Like, one of their DPs is going to leave, like, in between when we stop recording the show and when it's it gets going published.
1: To, it's going to be Pellegrini. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, I just think was... it's
2: just like when something's a mess like that. And I don't like the strategy. I don't like Shaw Cross and Gibbs. And I know that they're signing some other players Gregory, Leardom. Yeah. I mean, Leardom, Jovan Jones. You know, these are signings that are like, I like them, but they also remind me of the types of signings that like, I like one of them. We like, and then we realize why Seattle was okay with letting them go. Seattle tried to bring Lear down, it makes Miami better. But I don't know, man. I, when I look at this East, I mean, I have NYCFC out of the playoffs. How can I have Miami in? And then. I probably could have bumped them up above DC and Nashville, but like when you get past like nine, 10, it starts to not matter. Sam,
1: you haven't even got given us your your
2: your top fourteen here. Yeah, what to do you be guys clear? Next? I don't
1: have Miami in the playoffs either. I just don't have them like fifteenth or seventeenth or twenty seventh, whatever They're in you have 12th there. They're not even last in the conference. What do you got? Uh so Columbus, obviously. Um New England as the president of the Carly Seal fan club. I have them second. Uh, I have Orlando third, which I believe you you had the same. We both have uh, that. I have Toronto fourth. Um, I was going to put Toronto higher. I would have put Toronto higher if not for the fact that their home is in Florida for the time being, and we don't really know when that's going to change. Um, and I think that's going to take a toll on them. Um, but I do like Toronto. I like what I'm seeing from them. I have Philly fifth. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to give some more love to Jamiro Montero. He was the best midfielder on that team last year. He didn't make best 11, um, but maybe he should have. We both have Philly 5th. We both have Philly 5th. I have Atlanta 6th, who I think you had 6th We both have Atlanta 6th. These are guaranteed to be wrong, the ones that we both have. Uh, I have NYCFC 7th. They're thin, but I like their first 11, and they're going to make some moves. Uh, They have two DP spots available still, so they're not done building. I have Nashville 8th. I think a close eighth. I think they'll be in the fight all year long. You're, you're making a face of me. You don't like that. No, I just, I just, uh, you know. You don't like it. Say it.
2: I have them 10th. I don't have them that far beyond where you have them. I mean, them. The, you made a stink face. Yeah, I just think, you know, I'm just I'm just judging you. That's all. All right.
1: Well, whatever. I mean, you're going to make a face, and you're not going to say anything. I got it. I see how you roll, man. I see it. I make a lot
2: of faces, you know? All right, whatever.
1: Ninth, I have Miami. 10th I have Red Bull who I was tempted to put in the playoff field. Um how dare you? The top 10 for me were like like it's all kind of mixed, man. Like I could see this going any single way. Like that's the thing this year. It's all really jumbled up for me. Uh 11th I had Cincinnati which seems too high when I say it out loud. Um 12th I have Chicago, 13th DC, 14th Club de Foot Montreal. Uh anything stick out? You think yeah. Chicago's gonna get worse this year. They can't defend. Or you
2: think they got that everyone else got better than they got better, basically.
1: Well they didn't really get better. They didn't really make any moves, right? Their whole like get better is like we're not gonna make the same stupid defensive errors that we did last year and we're gonna have another year under Vicky and better chemistry, all that. I, I don't hate the fire. I thought they were actually played good soccer for a lot of games last year they weren't like a bad team they underperformed because they made really silly errors in the back all the time are you confident they're going to stop making silly errors in the back i mean
2: i have them going a little bit higher than they finished last year i think they finished 11th i have them going up to 9th i just think their top end talent isn't at the level of the playoff teams barrage is good Barrich is good, but it's more than just one person. Your top-end talent in today's MLS is your top six or seven players. Like the Red Bulls. I picked Frankowski to be a breakout. I like them. I think they're – to your point, for me, the top ten is all – well, I don't want to say the top ten, but from four to ten for me is like those teams I think will definitely be four to ten, and in what order, I have no clue – I think we have a similar bottom four. I have a DC, Miami, Montreal, Cincinnati, and you have.
1: DC, Montreal, Cincinnati, Chicago.
2: Right. So we're, we're not that far off in kind of our grouping here. Um, I think we're seeing the same things. It's just a matter of like who's going to have injuries, who's going to get the breaks. Like to your point, like I have NYCFC out of the playoffs based on them right now. They add two DPs in the summer that changes things drastically, right? So you know, but when I, I think, think it, we're seeing like, the same know. thing if when they we stay, look at the picture. If they stay healthy,
1: they're going to be good again, in my opinion.
2: And then I had to stick Red Bulls twice when I we had that prediction. I had to kind of stick with it there too. So I moved Red Bulls up to second, to second fit, in the
1: league, to, not just in the East, to, in the whole league. Yeah, because I
2: had to fit my. I'm I'm interested to see where you have the Galaxy based on your Chicharito goal prediction. When we get to the West, we're not there yet. We've got to kill a little bit more time before our next break. <laughs> We've, uh,
1: we've got to kill some clock like Alex. Bono I actually think the we're in night. a good
2: place to take our break and go to the West, but it, that's a good teaser. Let's go back to that. Sam. I'm interested to see where you have the galaxy based on your Chicharito
0: prediction.
1: Find out next after the break.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA
3: game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. So get Timeless Looks with Modern Comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code TSS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code TSS to get 20% off your first order. Thank you to Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's episode. And we are back. We
1: are headed out to the Western Conference. I think folks know where I'm going to go with my top pick based on the context clues provided earlier in the show. No big secret there. Uh, Paul, I'm not quite as certain with your top seed in the West? I think I'm certain. I think you're going to say LAFC, but I'm not 100% sure. Am I, am I right? Is it LAFC? I do have LAFC first in the West. I think it's
2: unlikely that they have a down season again. Carlos Velo will be playing. Bob Bradley is the coach. I expect him to have a very <laughs> he good is the year. Coach. He's the coach, and he's a good coach, <laughs> and he's not going to let them underperform for a second consecutive year. Um I've got LASC 1. I'm going to run through my whole West, Sam. I'll kick it over to you after that. I got LASC 1, Sporting Kansas City 2, Minnesota 3, Portland 4, Seattle 5, Dallas 6, Colorado 7, San Jose 8, Galaxy 9, Houston 10, Austin 11, RSL 12, Vancouver 13. Okay. What
1: do you got? Uh, Some similar, some different. I have LFC first, no surprise there. I have Portland second, Minnesota third, which I think we both we got share. them at 3, yeah. I have the Galaxy fourth. Again, which I think you feel... had them fourth last year too. No, I think I had them higher. <laughs> Did I not? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I had them. Higher. I have Kansas City fifth. I have Seattle sixth. I have Dallas seventh. I have Colorado barely missing out. Like final day, maybe final minute, eighth uh I've San Jose 9th Austin 10th Salt Lake 11th Vancouver 12th and Houston bringing up the rear in 13th anything uh anything you want to elaborate on from your picks no
2: i mean look i think that Kansas City is perpetually forgotten about Kansas City
1: was a weird one to me man
2: yeah they're a weird one but this is how they are all the time like when you look at the west constantly we're like LA LA Portland Seattle and then like even Beyond that, like there's always like one like kind of hipster sexy pick, and it's usually like Minnesota or like Dallas, (laughs) you know.
1: And sultry.
2: And it's because Kansas City's always there, and they're always like second or third or first in the West, and no one talks about them. So I've got them being right there again. I like the the group that they bring back. I think they have.
1: They got a lot of they, new pieces, man. They do have some good new pieces too, and so some some big faces that are gone.
2: One one especially.
1: Yeah, Beasler's out. Felipe Beazler's is gone. Jerso, who could forget?
2: Fantastic, fantastic guy. Just runs runs constantly, misses at least so two good chances a game, and Hal always has like the prototypical soccer player reaction to missing him. Like looks up to the sky. The things yeah. you know. That I'll be teaching Jane to do when she's in like youth sports, like the praying hands together, praying um, hands emoji, yeah, in real life. Uh, so I got Kansas City there. You know, I, I again I had trouble in the six. They had seven. a very
1: easy schedule last year. Okay, that's all I'm saying. They won I, the West, but they had a very easy schedule. I, I'm and just they looking. Got I won in the playoffs. I had more beef with like
2: six. Well, to be fair, Minnesota won both of their playoff games three nothing before they ended up. You know, losing, right? I mean,
1: they, they gave up three goals to San Jose in the first round and only got three on penalty kicks, Kansas City.
2: Yeah. Well, it's San like, Jose, we'll they, you can't really judge them on that. that. That team was like up and down and up. Anyways, six through nine I struggled with here. Dallas, Colorado, San Jose, LA Galaxy. Where are they going to finish? I don't know. Throw them up, toss them in the air, see how they fall down. Sam, what do, what do you feel like?
1: Yeah, no, I I, th- I think I well I didn't struggle quite as much with the Galaxy, but I I see where you're coming from. Um for me, LAFC, Portland, and Minnesota were a pretty clear top 3 in my opinion. Um and the rest was a little bit more jumbled. I I don't love Kansas City this year. Um I'm very curious to see what Bucio looks like. Um I'm curious to see if what kind of role Kinda has. Um, if he's a starter, if he's more of a reserve, how healthy Polito can stay and how effective he can be, uh, and then the center backs, right? New center back, uh, new holding midfielder as well for Peter Vermees. Um, Dallas and Colorado, I kind of view similarly. Personally, uh, I think those two teams are pretty tight. Seattle is one that I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get to. No Jordan Morris. We've talked about that before. I think the three-five-two can be really interesting for them or whatever two-forward formation they end up using. Uh, Freddy Montero is there. Freddy Montero scored a decent amount of goals in Vancouver, by the way. Um, so it's not like he's fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, him, Will Brun, and Raul Ruiz Diaz will be kind of running the show at striker. Uh, but they're so, I mean, can you imagine Seattle if Ladero goes down? It's trouble.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I have I have faith in them to be a playoff team simply by default and because they have the best GM in the I, league.
1: I put them in the playoffs because Ladero is amazing and Rui Diaz is amazing and Stefan Fry is still damn good and Christian Roldan ain't nothing to sneeze. Like, they have good players, you know? Um, but losing Morris really hurts them, and I, I they don't really have much space to add a ton of other pieces. So I think they're pretty much stuck with what they got for the most part.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I I dropped them down to fifth. You had him at sixth. So we yeah, both think it's going to be soon. a little tougher for them.
1: Do you think the ceiling for Dallas can climb higher than, like, bottom half playoff team?
2: I mean, yes. But, like, they need Jesus Ferreira to become, like, a legitimate goal scorer. And they don't even really play him at the nine. So...
1: Well, they have Hara there, so if he yeah. could be a legitimate goal scorer,
2: I mean, but I just think like, I don't know. I look at them and yeah, I don't, I don't really see them beyond f- fourth or fifth. You know, I guess I think yeah, they I could know. climb to fourth. I think that's their
1: ceiling. Yeah, and I don't really see them making a ton of noise as a playoff team either. Maybe that's unfair. Uh, Going to be a, it's a big year for Paxton Bumgarner. You know, he's struggled with his health big time throughout his entire career. Uh, Hopefully, he's not one of those players whose career gets defined by that sort of thing. Um, Hopefully, he can get back onto the field and be healthy. He's struggled with injuries in preseason, too. Um, Austin, expansion. Overall thoughts on on what they have going on. I'm kind of intrigued by Austin. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're an interesting roster build, man. If you go look at their team, as far as how they approached the build, they're similar to Nashville in terms of how they're going I don't to know
1: that they are in
2: terms of how they're going to play soccer they couldn't be more different they only have 5 international signings on their roster of tw- right? of 25 players 5 that were brought in from abroad they have a six international slots taken because their draft pick holds an international slot but they've only signed 5 players from abroad the rest that's wild the rest are mls players so they're they're leaning heavily on mls depth and those five players will be starters on the team. They just need them to be healthy the whole year and they need them to be productive. And they do have wiggle room to add either another DP or if they choose not to add another DP because they have two senior DPs right now, they can add two more youth, uh, young money spots. Um, so they have wiggle room to build. But as of today, 20 domestic signings, including draft picks, five signings from abroad, very much uh kind of hoping and hoping to kind of be a grind a grinder team in the sense of understanding the league but they're going to want to play not soccer in how they play. no they want to yeah. play soccer man they want to be yeah. greg burhalter style josh wolf style soccer and that's what i think is going to hurt them it's hard i saw that in orlando adrian heath wants to play soccer and what happened was one they had a lot of attrition a lot more injuries you learn very quickly that depth in your expansion season is the most important thing, which is why I think they built the way they did. Um, And two, if you don't have that depth defensively, you're in big, big trouble.
1: And I think it's fair to say biggest questions for Austin are at center back and striker and maybe bigger ones at center back. Um, So that could, that could be costly for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't want to say recency bias, but I, I, Again, I look at that Orlando roster that I was around. Aurelian Collin was one of the center not backs. Not that recent. They, they struggle. It it's proximity bias. I covered that <laughs> team. It's just, you, you learn quickly in an expansion team that as good, as good as one through 11 might look, that's not right. the team that you're playing. And, and with.
1: what was Nashville so good at last year? Right. It was Walker Zimmerman was defender of the year. Dave not- Romney was really good right next to him. Those guys were healthy the entire season. And Dax McCarty and Annie Ball Godoy were really good in front of them. So they are really strong spine. I think Austin. I like their midfield with with Ring uh, and Pochettino in particular. I'm ex- I'm excited to see what Pochettino does uh, in MLS. I think he could be a really good player. Any, I'm trying to think any other teams here. I mean we we haven't said a word about Portland. We both picked them pretty high. Uh, you think just kind of. I mean Yimichara, Chara. He's looked good in CCL. Admittedly, not against the strongest competition just yet. But if he can play like a star, I think the Timbers, I mean, they're going to be, I think they're going to be good no matter what. But if he can play like a star, then they could level up.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, if he can play like a star, this is a team that could win three trophies. And <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and they don't need to win that many games to do no. it. If you no, do wait. the math. Can you elaborate on that? I haven't heard <laughs> this before. No, I like Portland. They're They're... The same that they've been for the last few years, right? Like, almost literally. yeah. Um, Older. And that's why we don't elaborate on them, because we all kind of yeah. know who Portland are. and New fullbacks. We'll see, you know?
1: New fullbacks for Portland. Uh, Vancouver, another interesting team to me. I'm curious to see if Mark Dos Santos, like, sticks with the system this year, because he hasn't really done that in two years. It's been all over the place. But uh, some of these new signings that they have, Kyle Alexandre. I, I butchered that Portuguese is difficult. Deber Caicedo, uh, whatever number 10, they bring in Bruno Gaspar and outside. back. these, these are guys with good resumes and good careers, and they should be able to do pretty well in MLS. So we'll see. They have to deal with being in Salt Lake city for the time being as well. And away from home living out of a suitcase, but their setup is okay. Everyone's got condos, individual or group if they want. So not so bad for them better than the, uh, toronto and montreal setups in my opinion any other thoughts as we get ready for kickoff not so much on those picks but just kind of about you know setting the table for the season as a whole what do you what do you think about what are you thinking about as we get set in for our first long big weekend of mls action here?
2: i'll be really excited by the time we get to saturday because this week has been a slog
1: what about friday, the games um, are on friday and
2: friday though. uh friday night certainly um maybe not so much Friday morning and afternoon. Um, <laughs> I, I think that um, I'm just, honestly, I'm excited for MLS to be back. It has been a really, really long offseason. And when your job is covering MLS and there's a really, really long offseason, it starts to get a little bit loopy around yeah. these parts. So it's just good to have the league back. Um, and I'm actually really interested, Sam, I think to watch – kind of as we get toward the end of the first transfer window what starts to happen as far as movement in the league do we start to see teams as the european season's end get very active do they wait till the summer window do they try to take advantage of that period of time where their window is open and these players are available that is maybe the thing i'm looking forward to most i just talked about how i'm excited about soccer's happening and then i skipped immediately to roster transactions <laughs>
1: This is it's, allocation It could disorder. have been worse. You could have talked about international slots and how they're a big thing. They're kind of the topic du jour right now. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week, though. For me, it's it's weird. Uh, commissioner Don Garber mentioned this. He had a press conference with reporters on Monday. And he, he said, at one point he said, momentum, momentum, momentum. Three times in a row. Like some sort of sports commissioner summoning charm. It was like, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Right? He's trying to conjure it up. And it's interesting. MLS had a ton of momentum before the pandemic going into 2020. A lot of factors working in its favor. Then COVID-19 hit, shut everything down. And now MLS needs to sort of build that back up. So it's going to be curious to see how that works in a season that is going to still be very uncertain and strange and weird. Um, But I'm excited for MLS to be back too. This league is bizarre and we yell about it a lot, um, but it is also super entertaining when it's at its best and it makes me scream and laugh and shout and sometimes yell but also smile. And so I'm excited for the games to come back on so I can do more of that. Um and yeah, with that, in, enjoy the weekend. Um it's still beyond weird to me that the first game is not nationally televised. Um but San Jose and Houston kick kick the season off on Friday, uh followed by Seattle and Minnesota. I believe that one is on FS1 and then a full slate of games on Saturday and Sunday, many of which will be on national TV here in the States. So enjoy them, be safe, have fun. MLS is back and this show is over.